Hey folks, welcome to the Jimbo Show. This is the third episode. Uh, just to start us off, this is a true story. I'm going to start off with a story. Uh, there was this guy in the army while I was in there who came up to me and exclaimed that he had just learned the true American way to say hello to fellow Americans. So <laughs> I, I naturally asked him what the phrase is and he told me, howdy. Howdy, y'all. Yeehaw. The ye to my haw, you guys are. Welcome back. Oh, I have just learned that I'm going to have three breakfasts on the plane. I'm having breakfast when I leave from Singapore to Dubai. And I'm having another breakfast on my way from Dubai to Barcelona. And then I'm going to have another breakfast when I get to Barcelona. So that's three breakfasts. And I know some of you guys love breakfast food. Like Ron Swanson. In uh, Parks and Rec. <laughs> and I do love breakfast food usually. But I don't know if this is as applicable. Because on, on plain food. If you guys have ever had it. Is usually not that tasty. It's more like you're eating for survival. Because well what other food do you have? Uh, I guess you can pay for it on certain flights. But even that tastes a little. You know it's not at up to par usually. I don't know if. Airlines have changed their policies and their food services. But from what I remember, it was pretty bad. And I got to have three of those foods in breakfast form. So it's not even going to fill me up properly. So I'm a little worried about that. Uh, aside from that, let's see. Oh, Disney Plus was a big thing. Um, I actually was briefed about this from Jeffrey in his podcast, Here in Lies the Rub, which I actually guest starred in. Well, maybe starting isn't the right word. I just was a guest on there and I had so much fun. I brought out my own uh, scenario to put forth. Uh, got to be in the room where it happens. I got to join the big boys table for once. And I had so much fun, you guys. We were laughing and I'm pretty sure I was uh, tearing up <laughs> from laughter at one point. You guys should definitely check it out. This isn't me just plugging the show. I'm genuinely saying we had so much fun. I feel like... That's definitely one hilarious podcast that you guys can experience this week. So go check it out. Herein lies the rub. It comes out every Monday. Uh, so it's probably out already two days ago from when this was posted. Because I'm posting on Wednesdays. Now that's a plug. All right. Yeah. So back to Disney Plus. That's fascinating. It's $7 per month for so much content. They have 30 seasons of The Simpsons. They have all the Star Wars stuff and all the Marvel stuff. The only problem I had with the whole release thing is that they announced they're going to do spin-off TV series called The Falcon with Anthony Mackie playing uh, The Falcon and another spin-off, a spin-off uh, series called The Winter Soldier with Bucky playing The Winter Soldier and WandaVision where you see Scarlet Witch and Vision do their own stories and so they're alive, huh? I guess they're alive and well. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I feel about them moving this Avengers cast into a TV series. I don't know if it's. Uh, I, don't, I, I have such. I have such mixed feelings about it. But then again, um, them living, I guess, isn't as big of a surprise. We all knew Spider Man is gonna live with. Uh, what was it Far From Home trailer? Yeah. Uh, speaking of trailers, though, holy crap. Star Wars 
the new Star Wars trailer dropped today as I'm recording this. It's a Saturday night here in Singapore. Yeah, so that just happened. I don't know if you guys are Star Wars fans at all. Uh, it might be irrelevant for you guys, but wowza, the trailer had content that I, uh, well, didn't expect. <laughs> I don't think anything is really a spoiler in there. Because I cannot comprehend what just happened. Uh, I guess I should avoid saying details because... Well, because some of you are sensitive to trailer spoilers as well. Um, but everything that happened in there... I don't, I, don't even, I just didn't understand it. If you guys ever do watch it and if you guys are Star Wars fans... Uh, the laughter at the end of that trailer got me completely in this other zone i don't know what to think of that and the title is i don't know what that's about it's uh star wars rise of the skywalker the rise of the skywalker the rise of skywalker anyways it's a variation of that sort and i just fear that it might be a reaction to the fans backlash after the last jedi because so many fans were upset that the story was deviating from talking about the Skywalker lineage. And what do you know? The very next film is titled The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I really hope they don't geared towards, you know, the... I'm sure they had a story, the original story as they planned it when they were filming The Last Jedi. And I hope they didn't change anything or veer off because of that backlash. Because that's how bad films are made. That's why Suicide Squad was kind of, you know, uh, for a lack of a better word, shitty. Because <laughs> because they had this whole thing planned with it being dark, but then because everyone reacted so positively to the comical trailer with Bohemian Rhapsody, the, the people at the studios decided to change it, and they just, like, mm, fucked them a bunch of bits that didn't even go well together. And that's how mm, shitty things are made, but... Yeah, that's um that's the update on pop culture for today. Uh, it's probably like days old news by the time you hear it, but I just had to drop my two cents in it. Uh, let's get back to it. How are you guys? Happy hump day. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening to this, I'm actually I'm in Barcelona. Yep, uh, probably on my way to Granada, but um, I'm recording this before I'm taking off to. Spain, uh, because, you know, I have to, I can't record in Spain, which brings to a point that, um, no episode next week, um, I was going to record episode four, I have, I have everything that I want to talk about in episode four lined up, but I am simply lacking the energy, uh, even this is going to be a one-take shot because I'm really sick, I've been sick since yesterday. With God knows what. And I've been watching Grey's Anatomy. And I feel like that's messing with my psychology. And I feel like I'm, I feel sicker than I am. And I had just watched this episode where this weird creepy guy gets uh, brought in to the, to the hospital. Um, and he ate like 10 Judy dolls heads. And so they had to cut him open and get the get those dolls heads out. Which is, you know, fucked up to say the least. But uh, what bothered me the most about that episode is, you know, you're curious. Why would any conscious being swallow 10 Judy Dolls heads? (laughs) 
And I was so curious as to why, you know, what, what goes on in the mind of a man who does such a thing. And the protagonist, Meredith Grey, actually asked him after all the surgery was done at the end of the episode, why? Why did you do that? Why? And I thought he would give a good response, but he just goes, are you sure you want to know? And Meredith Grey goes, you know what? Maybe some things are better to not know. And that's such a, that's lazy on the writer's part, honestly. Like, disturbing things aside, like, if you're going to show me surgery scenes and tell me that there's this dude who ate Judy doll's heads and show me x-ray CT scans of doll's heads inside a man's body, I think you can also bother to explain why the doll's heads ended up in there in the first place. And just even talking about this is not helping with the stomach pain that I've been having. Uh, speaking of stomach pains, oh my gosh, I hope this gets cured up by tomorrow night, because I'm flying out tomorrow night, and it's like a 17-hour flight, I can't deal with this kind of stomach pain for 17 hours, I, I've been taking medication though, so that's good, uh, but uh, aside from this, whatever the heck is going on with my intestines, uh, Spain, I am actually very, very excited I actually usually had zero interest in Europe beforehand, um, but I began looking up some places in Barcelona. And did you guys actually uh, know about Park Güell? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Park Güell. It's um, it's a park made and constructed by an architect called Gaudi. I don't know if you guys any and if any of you guys know about this, but Gaudi apparently is a freaking genius. He does a lot of like um, tile work. He's um, it's very avant-garde, I think is the best way to describe it. And so many of his works are still in Barcelona. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that in real life, aside from Google Images. I'm also excited. I'm not going to lie. This is what I'm most excited about is I'm going to see a soccer game in Barcelona. I'm actually a huge Manchester United fan. I don't know if any of you guys watch um, European soccer. But the Champions League is next week, the second leg. And it's quarterfinals, elimination round. And I get to watch Manchester United play against Barcelona. In Barcelona, how cool is that? And the tickets were really expensive, but I think this is the game of my life. Um, I think this is the first actual soccer game with stakes at hand that I'm going to. So I'm really excited about that too. But I'm also kind of uh, worried about the European fans. (laughs) I heard that they can get... um, a bit aggressive. They still got that, uh, the War of the Roses blood in them. So, <laughs> I'm not gonna wear the jersey that I have for my team. I'm gonna go in like it's no biggie. Um, just some random Asian trying to, trying to check out the sport. Um, and hopefully I won't die in there. Hopefully. Well, so that aside, I should talk to you about today's guest, shouldn't I? Yeah. Today's guest is Jack Gregory. Jack Gregory. No, 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 no. His actual name is John Henry Gregory V. The fifth. the fifth, mind you, like a royal. Uh, but he's named himself Jack because it's been a thing in his family where, um, you know, like uh, like his dad is still goes by the name John. But then his son, who I've interviewed today, is Jack. And Jack's going to name his son John. And, you know, it's goes on and on and on but yeah the big deal with this guy is that not only has he been my roommate for three years 
while I was in uh, university. He's also a big EDM guy. He loves electronic music, dance music. He just likes music in general, as you'll hear about it. And aside from that, he's also a huge tech guy. He's always energetic. He's very talkative, but in a in a good way. He's very um, passionate about everything he says, as you can tell. Um, do I really need more descriptions for Jack? He's he's very um, full of energy. He's very bright. I don't think he he never really snapped at me, and I've uh, I've been dark around him. I'm sure I've been. More than a handful to deal with, but he's never snapped at me. He's always tolerated me, so I feel like that really says something about his characteristic, right? Yeah, so I had the honor uh, and the privilege to interview my old roommate, and I hope you guys like what he has to say about music and just our history and uh, Apple tech. Uh, so here's Jack Gregory, and let's cue the music. All right, today's guest is Jack Gregory. He is a musician, a tech savvy man. Oh yes. Not a... <laughs> well, not only that, he's he's also been my roommate for three years, and we're still talking, which is a miracle. Apparently, usually yeah. don't stay too friendly with your freshman roommates, but yeah, usually they're terrible, and you just leave and you tell everybody horror stories about them. <laughs> yeah, true. And I mean, I feel like we both have great horror stories of each other we just yeah, yeah. yeah it's just you you tolerated me a lot and i i don't think i really tolerated you necessarily though i feel like the toleration was all on your end <laughs> oh man we 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 both had some tolerations i feel actually, you're right actually yeah no i thought about this for the first time in years and yeah <laughs> i definitely <laughs> we, we had our moments we had our moments yeah. Man, yeah. like throw back to uh the end of the end of freshman year there when that when I was going through that uh that breakup. I know you had to tolerate me a bit there. <laughs> <laughs> I I, w- I wasn't gonna bring it up <laughs> for the podcast, but you did. Dude, so. at this point, it's just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I remember how I dealt with that. I didn't know because. I ha- I usually have so many people who come to me with heartbreaks and all these issues, right? And I usually know how to respond. But with you, that case was just such a what-the-fuck moment. <laughs> I-, I had nothing to go off of. I had... Like, not even Sherlock Holmes could have solved what was going on. And you did, like, your own investigation into what could have been. been. And I heard it, and I, I just couldn't... Yeah. Man, yeah, yeah that's funny. I remember, like, I was on, like, um, I was at the airport on the way, like, home after that semester ended, and you texted me, and you're like, "Hey, man, just want to let you know, I'm really sorry. I like couldn't have been of more help. <laughs> like, I just truly like didn't know what to say, and like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, cause... dude, it's all good. <laughs> no, I, I remember this because I would, I would, I would go out of my way to. Because I didn't know what to say to you, and I didn't want to, like, make things worse. And I know, you know this, you know that my diction can often be, you know, not the best. 
and I didn't <laughs> want to make any mistakes. Yeah. And, and I knew you were at a very vulnerable place. <laughs> yeah. So, and I didn't know what to do about that. And I thought back, you know, after I flew back to Singapore, I thought about like, ooh, what happened this semester? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I had to. That's I mean, funny. I had to set the record straight and apologize to you anyway because we were living again next year. <laughs> yeah, we could again. just show up and be like, yo. <laughs> yo, you happy now? <laughs> couldn't couldn't oh. really do that. Oh, yeah. Oh. Times. <laughs> memories, memories. Oh. Yo, but um, what I really wanted to ask you for this is what, you're like a DJ now? Do you get paid? Like, are you a professional? What are you? I don't get it. <laughs> I was, I've been gone from this earth for two years and you turned your apartment into like a party house (laughs) and you DJ at clubs, bars, (laughs) what's going on? Tell me the whole story. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, we we moved in this apartment. Uh, I'm living with James and Dylan, uh, as you probably heard, or I think I've told you that. Um, But um, yeah, we basically like we decided to like, kind of like, make like a little dj set in the back area there so we have like a little like a mini turntable it's not like like a professional one it's like a little mini turntable we bought a bunch of uh lights that we learned how to program uh so we've programmed like light patterns and stuff and so like whenever we have like a house party or something like i'll usually just like dj a little bit and like we'll like play around with lights and like it'll be like a little like a little mini concert almost Mm. um and as of recently um DSP actually DSP formal uh they had me DJ their formal about like two weeks ago uh yeah I saw that too yeah Yeah. it was at a venue in Cambridge called Sonia uh and they had like a they had like a stage and everything it was like a legit venue they had like a full-on stage and everything with a table and so I was up there on the stage and I was like doing some DJing it was a lot of fun uh that does sound like a lot of fun yeah it was it was it was a ton of fun and and last night actually uh was uh even even bigger so like uh, have you heard of the bar in like alston called like wonder bar like yeah that's where uh where all the asians go yeah <laughs> yep exactly yeah i mean i myself haven't been but that's what i heard yeah my homies told me yeah yeah <laughs> that's that's the one um uh-huh. so my uh and, and just just because this is an auditory medium you're, you're not white yeah <laughs> like, I mean, you're, yeah yeah like, i'm not white yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. <laughs> you. I'm sure you fit right in. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me how that uh, how that gig go. How, how did that gig go? It was cool. So like basically the way it like ended up working out was um this girl Nicole uh who is our friend Kevin's girlfriend uh and so she's like been like hanging out with us a little, a little more. She was having a fundraiser there last night. She goes to BC. Um, so she was having like an Asian Student Association fundraiser at a Wonder Bar, and she messaged me and she said. Hey, I'm having a fundraiser. Like, I know one of the co-owners of Wonder Bar. Like, would you be interested in DJing? And oh, I was that's crazy. Yeah, I was like, dang. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'd be interested. So she's like, he just asked me um, if you could send over like a mix. Like, if you have like a mix or something on SoundCloud, if you could send it over. And I was like, yeah, I actually have one. Oh, yeah. I have like one mix. So I sent it over. And then she got back to me and she's like, yeah, they actually like your mix. And like, um, if you want to open that night, 10 to like 11 30 or 12 um you can do it and i was like wait hold on that's the opening up you were an opener and you went from 10 to 12 that's that's prime time isn't it yeah so like i went from uh like 10 to 12 um and um you know 10 
10 to like 10:45, the bar is like pretty empty. Uh, but like starting around like 10:45 to 11, it starts really filling up. So there yeah, was a, yeah, yeah. a solid like 45 minutes to an hour where I was playing for like a good amount of people, uh, which was really it, it was really cool. And then um, the the main DJ. Um, who's like a resident DJ at, at Wonder Bar, like came in and we kind of just switched off right around 12. Um, mm. He put his stuff in and I like, he faded out and everything. And, but yeah, I got to, I got to DJ at like an actual like bar slash club last night, which was crazy. Did, uh, you, did, you, did you get paid for this gig? I did. Okay, before. I was about to say, if you did, yeah. Yeah, that would have been an asshole move. This is a fundraiser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is, um, it's, it's purely free. Uh, I was doing it for, for my own fun uh mm. i had a good time and um yeah potentially opens up opportunities for maybe opening again at future events and stuff like that um yeah. so it's pretty exciting yeah and and something else which was cool was um so the the, the stuff that i used to like dj in the apartment uh -huh. is really just not like industry standard or anything it's just like kind of like random mixing boards and like it's a, one of the one of the boards that you got me actually uh, oh yeah like, you still use it yeah i still use it sometimes um uh, like in the apartment, but like that, none of that stuff is like, um, like industry standard stuff. And I've never used industry standard stuff. So like when They're I was expensive. like prepping Wonder Bar, I had to like download a new software. I had to like load all my tracks into the new software. I had to like make sure my laptop was like ready to plug into like the club's equipment. Cause like the stuff they have there is like the stuff they use at like clubs, like worldwide and, um, and, uh, at festivals and everything. So right. it was a really good learning experience because that was the first time that I actually got to use like full-on um club industry standard equipment um and i think like oh, you know, this is your first go at it you didn't even get uh, to practice you had to hit the ground running with it yeah i so i showed up like 45 minutes uh prior to when i was supposed to start playing and i had to like really just you know get familiar with the equipment really quickly because uh, i knew what i was going to play like i knew the tracks i was going to play but i had never used that equipment before That's so i had insane. to really just get used to it really fast um and and, and I'm glad I showed up an hour early because if I showed up like 10 minutes prior and tried to get used to it, man, I, I would have been like, that just wouldn't have worked. Like I, I needed that like full hour to really get the feel of how the decks work, uh, how the mixer works and everything. Cause like that was my first time using that kind of stuff. Um, but it was really I mean, experience. Yeah. Just the fact that you got it down in an hour to perform well enough to hold yourself up for two hours. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. That's, a, that's a really quick learning curve you got. Yeah, I was really nervous because I got in there and I was like, oh, my God, this stuff is so different from like what I'm usually using. Um, right. So I really just need to 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 get it down quick. Um, and, and luckily I was able to. Um, and there, there were there were a couple like maybe like two or three like rough transitions in there just because like uh, I wasn't totally used to it yet once when I was first starting. But as the night went mm -hmm. on, like yeah. uh, as as I started playing more tracks and everything, like it, it got a lot more. It got a lot. A lot more seamless, which was good. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah, which is great because you told me that people start work walking in around ten forty-five to eleven. So you had like a yeah, full exactly. hour to kind of yeah. get used to it too. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. Yeah, because at yeah, first, yeah, yeah, yeah. the first forty-five minutes, I was playing to like uh, Grace and probably like five or six of my other friends who came out really early to like see me from the start to, to support you. Yeah, so it was like it was <laughs> and a few nerds maybe. Yeah, lower yeah. pressure in the beginning and then um <laughs> people started filling up I, I took a look out into the crowd and i was like dang it's, it's getting crowded in here but mm. at that that point i was like more used to it so um it wasn't as i wasn't as worried uh, at that point but yeah, yeah it was it was totally great experience yeah. yeah i saw that you were holding a one of those guns 
What, oh what yeah, like foam gun. Like what is that? Yeah, it was um, it's like a CO two gun. So like you just shoot out like, it's like CO two gas or whatever, and it makes like this white like kind of thing, and you just shoot it over the crowd. Yeah, I was like, it was like one of my, I think it was like my last second to last song before the incoming DJ switched over. Uh, wow. and like yeah, you should take this and just like next drop, just like shoot it out at the crowd. And I was like, all right. Wait, who who gave it to you? Who? Uh, some employee uh, who works there. <laughs> Yeah, Some employee. All right, let's do it. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Um, I also wanted to touch on your music taste because I thought about as soon as I knew that I was gonna interview you. Yeah, I began thinking about how your music taste is absolutely bananas. Yeah, the first time I met you, I thought we had similar music taste. You know, like throwback yeah. songs, and yeah. and you came out to me saying that yep. you like Taylor Swift. Yep, <laughs> and that 1989 album was big then, oh, yeah. and. Now you're really into Porter Robinson and yep. all the rave stuff. I turned. I mean, I remember you telling me that you were into rave stuff before, yep. too, but yeah. just got more intensified. Yeah, yeah, but definitely. yeah. How do you have such a wide range of music taste? Do you just listen to whatever and whatever. Yeah, like so. As I like keep listening, so like yeah, like I, I'm I'm still like into like Taylor Swift and like throwbacks and everything. Uh, I still okay. listen to that stuff. Um, Taylor Swift is still, I mean, she's still like my girl crush forever. Love <laughs> girl crush. Um, does, your, does your girlfriend know about this? I mean, she does. Right? She knows. <laughs> she well, knows what, about this. What is her take on this? <laughs> she she just accepts it and she's she's good with it. <laughs> oh, that's but, uh, that's when you know. Went to uh, the, actually the Reputation Stadium tour. Um, yeah, I actually remember this. I saw it in the yeah. army. You sent yeah. me a video that you took or something. Yeah, it, I was skeptical because I wasn't like I, I didn't give Reputation a chance when I first listened to it just because it was so different. Um, but um, after I went to the actual show, I like gained a large appreciation for it, and I was like, oh man, like, this is actually pretty good. Like, and the live show was really good. Like, she put on a really really good show. Um, this is because so, you went to the 1989 tour as well. I did. Was yeah. It, better than was the reputation tour better than 1989 would you say i think it was yeah i think it oh. I, I think the reputation uh tour was better than 1989 uh just i don't know something about it like it was she did a really good job of mixing old and new like playing like her old and new songs together uh singing mm-hmm. those and just like the production and performance aspect of it was just insane like you could tell she put in a lot of work into making like that production just really just <laughs> Like there were just wow. like fireworks everywhere. There was just like huge stuff going on like all the time, like during her songs. It was it was crazy. Um, she Dang. she did a really good job uh, performing live. Yeah. What like, what gave you the motivation to go to the Reputation tour though? Because you told me you were at first hesitant to even listen to the album. I but was. What got you to go? Um, what got me to go was my dad buying tickets for me for what? Christmas. Yeah. You're so kidding. my dad bought floor floor tickets. Uh, like no, no joke. Floor, floor? Uh, two two floor tickets. Oh, um, two floor tickets. Okay. They were like, no, no, not even kidding. Like ten rows from the front. Oh, like, that's. You were like wow. ten rows back from the stage. It was like right there. Yeah. Okay. Like there, there were some points when she like walked out to the end of like the island or whatever. She yeah, was, yeah, yeah. she was right there. Like you could see her. Like she was literally in front of you. I was like, damn. <laughs> in like, all her grace. Yeah. <laughs> elegance. <laughs> She's just as pretty in person. <laughs> oh my god! And, uh, you, and you told me you went with your girlfriend too, right? I did. did she yeah. enjoy? <laughs> did she, she, she enjoy had a good it? Time. 
Yeah, oh, she 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 good. thought it was because she's not a huge Taylor Swift fan or whatever. Like she likes like her popular songs and stuff. But um, yeah. even she said she was like it was a very good performance. Like she performs uh-huh. very well. She's a good performer. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of fun. But um, but yeah, in terms of like other music tastes, like I guess like the EDM uh, type stuff. Like how do I get into that? Um, yeah, like when I first got into EDM it was like a while ago. Like probably like mm-hmm. when I was in high school. Uh, and back then it was like, you know, just listening to like all the popular songs, but like the more you listen to a genre, the more you discover that there are so many like different types of genres under that genre, if that well, makes sense. Isn't, isn't that just internet in general? You find yeah. something and you start digging deeper and you get to like really weird. Yeah. Things. Yeah. You get to really weird parts of it. Like, like I, I find myself listening to like some EDM now where it's like so like deep in the weeds where it's like, you need to really like know this genre and like appreciate this genre to like understand this like what the artist is trying to do here um, isn't that kind of what porter robinson always goes on about saying like what oh, yeah. real music is and what you know is just industry yep. music and what is like creative yeah 100 that... that's that's like his entire vision uh porter, porter robinson's entire vision is really just like being disruptive in the industry and not being so like basic and like stand trying to stand out from the crowd um, and he does it so genuinely, like he mm-hmm. like really believes in it. And, um, what I really appreciate about him as an artist is the stuff that he puts out, um, like it doesn't stem from a need to please his fans. It stems from him trying to be creative and right. him being creative, like pleases his fans as an outcome. Um, like, uh, right. he I mean, like, you guys are fans for a reason. Exactly. Right? And like we support him. Um, he, he recently, uh, about a year and a half ago, he did like a completely different approach and like started this alias called virtual self. Um, and this, yeah, yeah. Like, um, so he, he like, like out of nowhere came out with this alias called virtual self and like, everyone was like, Oh my God, Porter's doing new music and all that different stuff. Um, Mm. but it it wasn't, it wasn't as under Porter, right. It's like under his alias, like virtual self. So style of music was completely different. Um, and he said like in multiple interviews, he's like, when I did virtual self, I was not trying to please like Porter Robinson fans. I was Mm. trying to come out with a project that I thought was really unique, completely different from anything that was like out in the ordinary today. Um, and he was trying to like get back to like the real, like roots of like where EDM started, like way, like, like 20 years back and stuff and like bringing kind of like those sounds back. Yeah. Um, like I like was not expecting um, such a, like a large following from this project. When I started this project, I thought, you know, uh, I, I'm going to be playing this for an, a very niche group of people. Uh, but <laughs> uh-huh. all of Porter's like prior fans came out to support the project. And that just started like a complete um, almost like revolution, in, like people's taste, because after virtual self, like so many different producers started coming out and producing like virtual self like music and like techno really stuff like that and kind of like reviving that sound um and then sure enough um one of uh virtual self's tracks was nominated for a grammy this past year oh you're Uh, kidding yeah so he came out and he was like you know that was the last thing i expected like he he's like when i started this virtual self project i was doing it for me 
Uh, I was doing it to revive some old sounds that like I've been like nostalgic about. Uh, didn't think a lot of people would come out for it. Thought it was going to be a very niche group. And sure enough, ended up being nominated for a Grammy. And I think that he, he was like, yeah, I think that speaks for itself in terms of like the success of the project. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's crazy. Yeah, he, he like he he doesn't come out with new music often. Like you'll have to wait like years, like a couple years in between <laughs> right. releases and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But you know that when he does release something, it's, it's gonna be quality it's stuff coming from like you know his roots, and it's gonna be quality. And I think that's all you can ask, like because you can have artists that release new songs like multiple times a year, like mm-hmm. release an album every like eight months. But like and like sometimes that's good, um, but sometimes at that point it's just like you're just putting out music, just to, like put it out, which is not a bad approach. Uh, but like Porter's approach is, you know, it's gonna take a while like often like years to like that's, for me to that's stuff. confidence yeah right? that's exactly <laughs> yeah so it's wild yeah yeah it's awesome wait yeah. how did how did porter robinson fans find out how did people find out the virtual self is porter um, robinson so he announced it on um on his account like out of nowhere like because this is another thing about porter robinson he's very secretive about what he's doing um mm. and he said in interviews multiple times he doesn't ever like to talk about what he's doing and what he's working on until it's he like, releases it. Yeah. Oh, so like, okay. you'll, you'll just go like a period of silence and then like literally out of nowhere, he'll just drop something on you. Like, like something could huh. come out today and like, you know, like he'll just be like, yeah, this new project's out today and you wouldn't have like known anything about it. And that's um, when he starts interviews and yeah, like there's so, no like, pre-marketing. No, it's all no, done. No, after. Just, like here it is. Like, um, and so like, I think it was like a year and a half ago, randomly, on his uh, Instagram, like he hadn't posted in months, and then he just drops like a link to this video on his YouTube channel with uh-huh. like the title of the track, and that was it. No description, no nothing. And so, what like, was that? It was called like Eon Break or something. That was the first virtual self track. Um, and he just uh-huh. drops it. Nobody knows what the hell it is, and everybody's listening to it and is like, "What is this? This this is like interesting." And then the day after, he makes like the official announcement. And he's like new new uh new side project virtual self like like ep coming out in like a couple months oh so he revealed it yeah he, he like revealed he said, it this is me yep he's this like is this is project. it yeah this is it um like and then he's like doing a debut show in new york city uh on this day this time uh come if you want to see it and so i immediately bought tickets um oh did you go yeah i went to the debut uh virtual self show and it sold out in like a day um uh, so like yeah it's crazy like to think that an artist comes out with this alias that nobody has ever heard before people only have one track to go off of and he's able to completely sell out a show like in in a matter of a day like uh, of this being announced it's 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 crazy just like people have like so much faith in like he's able to produce and come out with like really groundbreaking stuff that it's just like yeah yeah, and it was a talented man yeah i went and uh it was it was awesome like the, I, the the music was really great it was super different um uh, like mm-hmm. it was completely different from like what i usually used to uh listen to um and i thought it was good because it like made me like really like grow an appreciation for like this different genre uh right. and the live show like the production value uh that he put into like the live show in terms of like uh edm like live production that i've seen is definitely one of the best um uh, yeah i gotta say i watched um i watched his shelter tour was it with oh Matt yeah Dion? 
Yeah. I watched it on YouTube and that was that's one of the biggest regrets from my last year in uh Boston is I should have gone to that gig. Oh yeah. I had no idea it would have been that great <laughs> yeah, visual. He, he really he really puts a lot of work into the visual aspects of his show. He like really that's something he really cares about. Like he he really cares about like if he's gonna do a live performance, he wants to make sure that it's it's really full circle. Like with and the that's production. in common with Taylor Swift, is it not? When oh, yeah. when they wanna Absolutely. Because yeah, there are some artists who don't give a shit. Yeah, there are <laughs> some artists who just like value. come up and perform and like it's good. Um, but it, when an artist really goes all out on the full experience, like it, it's it really is truly something something to see, something special to see. You yeah. gotta say, and you're going to Porter Robinson's old music festival too, right? I am. You, yeah, you, I'm going. Yeah. To I'm I'm very excited for that because this is first. When was it again? June. Uh, June fifteenth. June fifteenth. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and uh, this is his first music festival, is what you said. Yeah, he um, yeah, it, it's he like just came up with this curated festival. He's gonna be closing it. A bunch of it. He he said in an interview, he's like, the whole purpose of me putting on this music festival is for me to just have all my favorite music and artists playing together at the same time. Uh, making your own Disneyland. Yep, he's making his own thing. Um, and you know, half the lineup um are really smaller artists that people like haven't really heard be- heard of before and that's okay, like yeah. on purpose uh because he he wants to showcase like these artists that he really like loves and believes in um uh. and he wants he knows that people are going to come out for him and like a couple of the bigger artists that are before but right. he's like i want to like make this an experience for them to like get, like grow their fan base and like all the stuff he's like i believe in these artists and i want mm. people to see like I really appreciate these artists, so I think like my fans should appreciate these artists too. Good man. Uh, and yeah, um, originally it was just supposed to be uh, June fifteenth. Tickets went on sale, and they sold out in minutes. He sold out his entire festival <sighs> minutes. in minutes, and he had to add a he had to he actually had to add a second day, an identical day. The the two days yeah. were identical, uh, same performance or what, and everything, same lineup. Um, so he added a second day so more people could kind of like come and see the experience and, mm. and that one also sold out in minutes too. So the whole festival is completely sold out, um, wow. which is just insane. Wild. I mean, let's just one artist putting on his like debut festival and he's able to just like sell it out like that. I think it's, I think like that really just like speaks to like how, how, like, how big he is. Yeah. He's, he's definitely an influencer in not just EDM, but I feel like music industry as a whole, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, he, this, he this really, guy can only grow from here. You don't yeah. know where he's gonna get to. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's exciting. Pretty wild. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that I remember about you is you are an Apple tech guy. Yeah. You're you're a huge Apple product user. Yep. I actually got a new phone um very recently. Oh like no way! Ago. That's awesome. I got well, it's the iPhone XR, it, oh, which is nice, nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I was I'm very happy with my XR, but at the same time, I was promised an iPhone XS. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna give it, to, it was a very weird moment where i was like um yeah oh wow cool thanks man you know i mean i got it for free actually so it's awesome but still awesome. yeah yeah but did you hear that um i don't know if i i just heard this through the grapevines but apparently iphone is apple is having trouble with 5g uh stuff <laughs> did you hear about this I did hear something about that. Yeah, they're having trouble like building that into their phones and like making it work properly, stuff like that. Yeah, I did hear a little bit about that. It's tragic because <laughs> they're they're trying to figure out 5G and they like did that whole announcement about Apple TV Plus. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's that is really interesting. 
Yeah. And then Disney Plus just got <laughs> announced yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that just completely triumphs whatever yeah. Apple was planning to do. And I, Apple oh. Card is not getting really any recognition whatsoever. No, no. It's it's an interesting time for Apple. They they made those announcements and I really I feel like there's not a lot of hype around it. Like they they oh. made the announcements, it's out there, it's in the public. But it's not the same. It's not. It's not the same feel where people, where Apple announces something and everybody's going crazy. Like Apple announced those things, and everyone's kind of just like, eh, "All right, yeah, that's yeah, cool. That's cool." Because because back in back in Steve Jobs' day, he would just come out like it's no big deal and be like, "Yeah, I got this for you." What yeah. do you know? Drop the mic, and and people would, you would be like, "Oh damn, <laughs> this is the future." Whereas now. Like, not that this is Tim Cook's fault, but it's kind of like whatever they have to say, we're like, okay, that's <laughs> yeah. nowhere near the caliber of what we're used to from Apple. Yeah. But no, sure, man. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'm interested to see, like, uh, once these services come out, like Apple TV Plus, um, there's News Plus that's coming out to uh, the Apple card. I'm curious to see, like, how the success goes for that and how successful it is. Uh, Me too. Me too. Yeah. News but, Plus is an interesting one because it gives you access to so many magazines for ten bucks a month. Um, yeah, yeah, like really big magazines. I think you get like subscriptions to like twenty plus or like really big magazines for like ten bucks a month. And I was like, so Damn, I heard. That's that yeah, but I but mean, I don't know anyone who reads magazines. Of, uh, all my friends, yeah. sounds cool theory, but it's like I'm sure there's a market for it. Um, I just don't know much about it. So yeah. Me neither. I feel like yeah. Apple's future is pretty bleak. Do you think you're gonna still stick around for uh, even so if it's plummets? I um, I think that their computers, like their MacBooks, are still extremely, extremely solid pieces of you know computers uh, that I think people will use for a while. Uh, students, professionals, etc. Uh, for work. Yeah. Um, the laptop that I have for work is a MacBook Pro 13 inch with touch bar. And, um, I really, I really like this laptop, um, for, for work and for just like whatever, really. Um, right. So but phone I, wise, phone wise as well. I, so I have an iPhone XS max, um, right. and I, I really enjoy it. I, I really enjoy the phone. Um, are they like being super innovative with their phones? I'm not sure. I think right now, like they're more kind of riding out the fact that they know that they're like one of the dominant parties in the smartphone market. So they're kind of just like riding on that success, um, which is fine because right. their phones are still really good and really solid. Um, but I mean, eventually, I think they will have to do something a little more innovative. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, I, Samsung is putting out foldable phones. Did you see that? The I Galaxy. Saw that. That's what, crazy. That's that's the kind of stuff we're <laughs> used to when you make announcements. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. like so they're on the XS Max now. The X was the last major um, renovation. So the next iPhone, like they they typically do a major renovation every two years. It's like right. you know how it goes. It's like the five, five S, mm-hmm. six, six S. So right. this we're on the XS now. So, so the like the XI or be, whatever. Yeah, exactly. The next iPhone should be like a a a pretty big rendition. I think that's mm-hmm. gonna be a pretty pretty big moment for them. If they can come out with something that's super awesome on that next phone, um, then I think that will be good. 
and I think people will like stay interested. But if it's just another like nothing bigger crazy, screen, then it's like, <laughs> all right, like what are we, what are we really doing? But something I will say though is I really like Face ID a lot. Um, I I gotta say I just got the XR and it's my first time using Face ID and it's it's so convenient. So convenient and it works really well. Like I have to say, it works most of the time. And like you just it, like it works better than the Touch ID that I'm used yeah, to. Yeah, it's sure. faster too. Like you just look at it and it's open. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I so I really like that. That that's a really cool piece of technology. I read up on how that works and there's like a ton of sensors uh, in in that top little bar of the phone that just like read your face and like like even if you have like a beard or something, it like the sensors like can see like through the beard and like get your facial structure and all of that. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Like I tried it while wearing my glasses too. And it like yeah. picked up on everything. Yeah. It's, um, the future is now, I guess, foldable yeah. phones. Yeah. And all this crazy stuff It is. Yeah. But they, they'll definitely have to um, <laughs> be a little more innovative going forward. I think mm-hmm. they're okay for now, but um, we'll see like once they, when it will, so we'll see what happens with the next release, which should be, Probably, I think they usually release phones now around September, so we'll probably see something new around September, hopefully. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, too. All right, I'm going to wrap things up, but yeah. before I do, yeah. um, is there any way, because of like the very minuscule listeners that I have, if anyone ever wants to check you out as a DJ, how can they do that? Absolutely. Um, so if anyone wants to listen to the mixes, um, I, I have a couple up on SoundCloud. I'm going to uh-huh. throw a third one up soon, um, which is going to be pretty similar to the set that I played at Wonder Bar. I just need to re-record it for myself um, and play it, and then I'll get it up on SoundCloud. Uh, right. But if people do want to check any of that out, uh, soundcloud.com slash jgregory808 um, slash mm. sets. And then I think, let me just double check if that's correct. Um uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you type that in, soundcloud.com slash jgregory808 slash sets at the top, there should be a there should be a playlist link that says DJ Doggy Dog Live Sets. <laughs> That's your DJ name, DJ Doggy Dog. <laughs> That's it. And there should be two sets in there. Um, okay. There be the first one, uh, which is about about 50 minutes long. And then there's a mini mix, which is more like beats. It's a little more deeper stuff. It's not as like mainstream. Uh, okay. And then. Um, I'm gonna put out a new mix with the with the Wonderbar set that I played. I just need to get it recorded and get it up there. That one should be around an hour and a half, and that'll be okay. a mix of um, some stuff from my original mix, uh, plus some new mixes in there as well, uh, and then a, a pretty like dancey kind of like clubby section toward the end. Um, mm. So yeah, that's that's okay. Will be yeah. That's that's a plug. Yeah. Um, I feel like I should also plug your Instagram because I know you care a lot about it. I don't know if you still do. You used to care a lot about it. Yeah, yeah. I So I, I do still love Instagram and I post. I don't post as often, uh, but I do still actually just post it, I think, like today. Um, but I, I don't post as often, but I still love Instagram. So yeah, definitely. I would. Yeah, it's, um, what is it? Is it still J. Greg Darling? It's still J. Greg Darling, yep. <laughs> okay, J. yeah. Yeah. Search, search up J. Greg Darling if you're ever curious about this man's life, <laughs> what he actually looks like. Yep. And I mean, if, if anyone ever does want to see you live in set, um, like a D, like as an actual DJ, they yeah. would find out through your Instagram, right? Absolutely. I'd make an announcement there. Yeah. So for Wonder Bar yesterday, I made an announcement through Instagram on like Instagram stories uh, I, and stuff like that. So um, that, that would be the place to go. Yeah. yeah. If you like EDM, 
just music and I don't know white male. Follow, <laughs> yep. <laughs> follow, <laughs> follow Jake Darling on Instagram. All right. Yep. Um, all right. I'll guess I'll wrap it up now. Thanks, Jack, for taking the time. Yeah, this busy yeah, day. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Glad we got to do this. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Great. All yeah. right.